in many ways, the word of God today, which is addressed to us, is sort of unusual, unusual in two ways. One is that we see the, the one who was chosen by the Lord, Jephthah, the spirit of God was upon him. And yet he did something unusual, made a type of vow to God, which he should not have. God did not seek or expected that from him. And then we also have the story of parable today, again, sort of unusual, you know, the invitation to a birthday celebration, king for his son. And once again, we'll try to unpack some of the reflections here, some of that that communication that God wishes to us to, to understand. First of all, that, that reading from the book of Judges, if you go back, what happens is, as you know, almost every day you have a story of different judge, or the different leader of the people, because they did not have a king. And so what happened is only in necessity, moments of difficulties, they would choose someone to help protect them. So they, they didn't have someone who was always there. So after, for, for about 18 years, after the death of Gideon and the follow-up, which we spoke about yesterday, you know, the, the, the one who was not chosen to really be a king, but he made sure that he maneuvered and manipulated things and ultimately he destroyed himself because he did not rely on God. Now, 18 years later, as scripture says, the, uh, the people of God, especially the people who lived in, not only beyond the Jordan, but also who lived uh, in, uh, in the territory of Jerusalem right now, Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, those are the tribes of Israel living in the south. And they became oppressed by uh, uh, Ammonites, is of Ammon, the city of Ammonah, Ammon. And, and Ammonites, and it was, it was it not only was it oppressive, but eventually they they begin to um, they cross the Jordan River, and they wanted to attack them, so they prepared for battle. They were preparing for battle, and at that very moment, again, the people of God, the Israelites, they wished to defend themselves, and they did not know whom to choose. But the one that they chose was somewhat interesting. First of all the people of God cried out to God. He says, you've got to help us. You have to help us in our situation. And in that communion with God, the Lord says, look, you cry out, I help you. But do you change your life? No. You continue to worship your idols. You cling on to idols, so let the idols help you. Why are you calling to me? When as you're living, you continue to rely and worship and honor the idols in your life. And, and so the people of God said, yes, but we, we do acknowledge that we have sinned, but whatever you do, whatever you do, please help us. Whatever you do, we just leave it in your hands as long as you help, help us to save us. We may have to suffer, but it's okay as long as you'll save us. So again, the Lord allows not only, you know, the, the, the cry to reach his ears, but he also does something. So. So what happened is the people are looking for some leader who will take care of them. Well, they find one, but he's an unusual character because first of all, 
you know, the, the, the people um, who chose him, the special, the family that was prob probably the most influential family. And, and they chose their half-brother, Jephthah, half-brother who was born out of, um, he was a, his mother was a prostitute, so they threw him out. They abused him, they threw him out of the family. They didn't want him. And so he goes out and tries to make living of some sort. So he creates a gang, you know, so he was a gangster. And, and so they, the family goes up to him and says, we need you because you, you can organize a gang so you can maybe organize a team. Maybe somebody, you know, organize a, an army to, to defend, uh, to defeat, defend ourselves. And so what happens is this, this Jephta is actually a, 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 a person who loves God. He loves the Lord. You know, it's very interesting that he formed a, a type of a, of a gang, but, but I guess for survival, he had nothing. He had nothing, he had nothing to live on. But anyway, he, he was quite wise. But uh, uh, what he did is, first of all, when he was chosen, he says under certain conditions that, you know, that I will, re re I will re you know, uh, represent you. So he began to write letters to the, the king of Ammonites and they said, why are you attacking us? Why, you, what do you wish? And so the king responds to him, well, uh, I, I wanted to rectify something that took place 300 years ago. You know, and, and so there's a dialogue between Jephthah and the kings of why are they trying to attack and destroy, you know, the people of Israel, but eventually they, are, they don't want to reach in any form of agreement. And so, so Jephthah prepares this army, surrenders himself to the Lord, and, and then he's very successful. But one of the things that he did, he made a vow, and you know, that vow, which was so unusual that he did, that if you deliver the Ammonites into my power, whoever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites shall belong to the Lord. And, and, and the vow that he made, it, didn't, it wasn't just because of a person, it could have been a thing, whatever it was, somebody would have brought. But unfortunately for him, when he made this vow, his daughter came, his only daughter. He had no other children, but his only daughter. And, and um, it's a frivolous vow frivolous. Sometimes people make frivolous vows. <clears throat> yes, the, even though it was against God's commandments, but the human sacrifice was still done in the, in the people, people of Israel. And even though, because the, the neighboring peoples were doing that, they were saying that, you know, if you wished for a special type of, of grace, then you have to offer a sacrifice. But they had, they offer, were offering human sacrifice. And so here we have Jephthah realizes what happened. He meets his daughter, and even though he comes and he's very successful in defeating the Ammonites, but he loses his daughter. Alas, daughter, you have struck me down and brought calamity upon me, for I have made a vow to the Lord and I cannot retract. See, the, the powerful thing is here. You see the, the brokenness, the cry, the whole defeat of Ammonites mean nothing anymore. You know, yes, they spared the people, but he loses his own daughter. And, and, and not only that, but looking at his daughter, his daughter did not, want make him, did not want to make him feel guilty. She's the one, he says, look, God gave you the grace. It's okay, it's okay. You know, that powerful statement by his daughter, 
father you have made a vow to the lord then then you have to keep it you know it, it just it, it's a very type of you know kind of language here the imagery of what took place on one hand incredible victory on the other hand incredible loss and defeat because of frivolous vows superfluous he didn't have to do it god never asked him to do that god as a matter of fact did not want anyone to make such 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 a, such a vow because it's it's contrary to the very principle of of revelation and 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 so it happens and of course she wants to have two months just so she could go and in, into the mountain just to spend this time with her friends um kind of mourn mourn her virginity as the scripture says mourn the fact that she won't be able to be married won't be able to have family won't be able to have children and so there's this type of mourning but here we go um the responsorial psalm is very very interesting because you know to to that self-offering yes god does not expect us to offer no uh, offer anyone you know as a sacrifice but god himself gave us his son here i am i have come to do well that that powerful contrast of god's love so great yet he gives us his only son so that we may be safe the salvation and gift of god is given to us through the death suffering and death of his son powerful the second aspect perhaps we can say is that it is not only that God does not expect us to offer human sacrifice of any sort, but that what we see today, we may be horrified with what took place then, but we know that, that children are being sacrificed for whatever, convenience, fear, whatever. You know, they're, they're offered. We, we sort of can become desensitized. Maybe one day in the future, awareness will grow and we'll be horrified by what we're doing. We'll be horrified by the fact is that right in our midst, in our culture, in the culture of today's world, we're able to sacrifice children for whatever it may be, sometimes out of fear, sometimes out of worry, sometimes out of feeling that, you know, I don't want to be with this man, whatever it is, uh, or, or perhaps even just simple convenience jobs, or I need to take care of future uh, profession and I don't want to be tied down by a child whatever it may be but it is very very painful to see that God obviously is looking at us and there are consequences to those things very painful consequences the gospel today the Lord is Jesus is speaking to the chief priests and the elders we have to remember that this parable was it was directed to chief priests and parables. And so what they want to hear is they want to hear what he's teaching, what is he saying? And, and so he gives this parable to them because he speaks of this kingdom. He speaks of the kingdom. They wanted to know what are you talking about? What type of kingdom are you you're talking of? You know, what is that supposed to be? And so the Lord wants to give him through the parable, the understanding of what kingdom of heaven is like. And so the kingdom of heaven is again, is likened to a king who gave a wedding feast to his son. So here we have the image of the king wishes to give the wedding, gave a wedding feast to his son. 
This is God the Father giving the feast to the wedding of his own son. He wants to invite everybody to the wedding feast of his son, of Jesus. So that's what he's inviting them. So he wants them to share in the joys and that love and that friendship that God has for all people. And so he's inviting them to come to his, to his son's special time, which is the special grace, special beautiful gift known as the wedding feast. And, and it is something here that is so powerful. When we think of God, we don't think of God as the one who is inviting us to something so great, so beautiful. You know, wedding feasts usually are filled with joy, with lots of food, enjoyment, friendship, music, dancing, whatever it is that people delight in. And, and so, so the, this is how Jesus serves. This is what the kingdom of God is. This is God the Father inviting us to his wedding feast, to the, to the, the wedding feast of his son. And so he dispatches, he's, he has invited the guests. But what happens here is this, they don't want to come. I prefer going to my farm, to my business, to whatever. I, I purchase some cows, whatever. I, and, and, and so they don't want to enter the kingdom, Jesus's kingdom, the wedding feast. They don't want to come. They don't want to rejoice. They, are, they prefer the things that they have. And obviously things that they have are interesting and they're also important. But in relationship with what God is inviting us is beyond our grasp, beyond our ability to, to understand. And so the king again, you know, um, he has invited them uh, to that wedding feast already. But as we know, is the prophets in the past were invited, were inviting people to enter the relationship with God, to enter into covenant relationship, to participate and partake of the gifts that God has, whether it's Jeremiah or, 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 or you know, um, Isaiah. The invitation, come to the wedding feast, come. Come partake of the, of the gifts that God has given to you. Come to the living waters you know, that which God can provide. And so, but as we see that, yes, God was sending his, his uh, prophets, but many of them were killed, which means that there's a, the parable here gives you the description of the past, not only the present, but also the past, how people did not want to go and enter into this relationship of love with God, but, but actually persecuted. And so they killed, some of them were killed. Some of the prophets, as we know, were killed. So now the Lord, the King again, is, is how much the Father wants. He, he wants everybody to be there, not only those who are invited, like the, like the people of Israel, because by the covenant relationship, but he says, go out every place, go wherever you wish and whomever you find. And so they go out and gather all the good and bad and wherever they were. They all were, were, were invited. And then, but what happens to us here is this, and, and the king, after, you know, when, when, when the wedding began, he notices that one is not, not, not dressed in a wedding garment. And so he speaks to him, my friend, how is it that you're coming here without the wedding garment? How is it possible? What is the wedding garment? The wedding garment is our desire to share in the glory of God. 
So if you go to the kingdom with desire to go to a kingdom, but you don't really want to to be clothed with the garment of of longing to be with God, then you don't belong there. You know, you don't belong. Because you may say, okay, you know, you may go into a place where you've been in church, but if you don't want to participate in, in, the, in the gifts that God wishes to give, then we sort of miss the point. Then we don't miss the point. And so those do not belong to him because they do not really wish to embrace the glory of God. They do not wish to embrace his message of, of, of love and mercy. They do not wish to look into the future of God's gifts. They do not wish. They're, they just go there because we saw something interesting going on, but they have no desire. And so they do not belong there. And so it is the, the king who speaks to this person, my friend, my friend. So he's not considering him to be someone, an enemy of any sort. No, it's my friend, what are you doing here? Would you wish to partake? Would you wish to participate? Because obviously you don't want to really participate. And so there you are. You know, uh, you you are excluding yourself from that, which which actually is being given to to you. And that is that special, extraordinary, gifts that God gives to those who wish to participate, who wish to live, wish to love him. It is interesting how how the Lord gives us these these um, parables because he wants us to kind of deepen ourselves. There's a lot more meaning here, as you know. Parables have extraordinary capacity to, 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 to give us insights, which we don't usually have. And that's why parables are so important. And the Lord says today at the end, many are invited, but not everybody chooses to go. So they're not chosen because people do not choose to, choose to follow. We have, we, have, uh, we have great examples from the past of those who not only wished, but also wanted to invite many. And just like today, St. John Eudes, who, um, it was born in before in 1601, so he had such incredible insights into the into the, the the love of Christ in his heart, and especially love not only of our heart, sacred heart, but also immaculate heart of Mary, and 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 so he he wanted to invite people to participate in that kingdom of God by entering to 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 the Father's heart to their father's uh, house to the to the hearts of, of Christ and of Our Lady and and so there he was always inviting and, and says you know the Lord is asking us to be holy because he is holy he's inviting us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect he's inviting us to be imitators of, of Christ and he says come to me all who are heavy laden, heavy burdened, and I'll refresh you. I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you a new, new sense of purpose. I'll be there for you because the goal is ultimately that we become holy like the Heavenly Father is holy and to share the joys of eternity with him. And we then, as we anticipate now, not only the coming of God's word into our heart, but the word that became flesh, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus, 
he comes to us. What a great gift there is to receive God into our hearts, even if we cannot fully understand or maybe not fully prepared to welcome him, but he comes to us because he wants to give us himself. May we then today long for him more and more, ask him that we may be united with him to, to, through this type of deep, intimate union of love, of, of, of mercy, that we may share in his glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.